1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Squiggly Chris podcast. I am Helen. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast, and I'm here as ever with Sarah. Hi, everyone. Do you know what I say as ever, but, you know, once a month we are torn apart for our guest interviews and Sarah last week... Sarah did a podcast with Viv Groskopp which is such a good podcast about Own the Room which is Viv's book and Viv's podcast and I sort of listened to it as a bit of a fan Sarah because I'm not on it I find it so much easier to (laughs) listen to the podcast um and I was I was so funny how did you find
0: it how was the fan experience
2: it was really good so I was in London I was like between meetings and I was like I need to listen to the podcast and I was listening to it and you and Viv start talking about some really great speeches that are made such as Oprah's which she did on like the me too thing and it's referenced in the book so basically you and Viv are talking about speeches that are in the book that I hadn't watched or seen and I thought oh in order to understand this I need to go and watch them so I was in a cafe listening to the podcast and I was in a cafe and I thought I'll, I'll go and watch that Oprah talk that you both reference on the podcast <laughs> I sat in this public place and I started crying it's such I know it's so embarrassing it's so embarrassing but it's such a compelling the Oprah speech when she gets the Lifetime Achievement Award and I think because Viv was talking about when she makes someone told her to shorten that speech and so her like lips are dry or something like that and so she really enunciates everything so I was sort of aware of like the backstory whilst also watching Oprah do this amazing speech which I've never seen. So long story short I thought it was a great podcast and I then proceeded to watch some of the stuff that Cry you in a cafe. referred to and cried yeah in quite a pretentious London cafe. High of my week. <laughs> But yes, we are back together this week. And our topic this week is all around how to say no, but also when to say yes. We gave our Instagram community, we're at Amazing If on Instagram if you don't already follow us, but we often poll that community on topics that we should cover on the podcast. And we have put a few things up and this one came up high on the how do you say no. And so we thought it's a topic that we would cover today, maybe share a couple of our stories about things in our careers when we have said no and maybe that's not been the obvious or the easiest thing to do and also how and when we say yes and maybe what some of the criteria are that help us to do that so we thought we'd talk a little bit about that and then also go through some specific actionable points which we think might help you if you feel like you're maybe overwhelmed with choices, or maybe you're overwhelmed with all the things that you're saying yes to, and you need a little bit of help about how or when to say no, we're going to give you some actionable tips to help you to do that. And maybe before we go in that, we should just talk a little bit about the context of why this is more important than ever in squiggly careers. So squiggly careers, obviously, there's uh, lots more movement, lots more change, lots of things going on in squiggly careers, and that gives us loads of opportunity. But it also means that we've got lots more choice. And lots of the choice that we are faced with, whether it's about where we work or what we work on or who we work with or the companies that we work in, all this stuff, all this choice is happening simultaneously. And actually, because things are changing faster, we're getting like more and more choice and decisions thrown at us. And that's why we think that it's more important than ever that you're able to sort of take stock of what's most important to you, what's going to help you most in your career, what's going to help you to be happiest in your career, and learn to say no to the things that might not help you succeed in that squiggly career context. So we think it's always been important to know when to say no and when to say yes, but we think in a squiggly career it's especially important.
0: I had a lovely example of somebody saying no to me that just occurred to me that I thought might be useful to share, because I do think there's saying no, there's saying yes, But I also think there's saying no for now or no, not right now. And that sometimes with squiggly careers, because lots of things are happening simultaneously, some things might come along and you might think, actually, I would really love to do that or I'm really passionate about it. But it's just not the right moment in time. And I do think there's actually also a real skill to saying no, not right now. But that doesn't mean not ever. And actually I was I was chatting to somebody this week who I'd asked to do something in January and she was obviously going to be particularly busy for the next two to three months and she just wrote me this really lovely, very personalised response where she was very clearly saying, it's just not the right time, but actually I am really interested in what you're doing and actually gave me a really kind of specific moment in time in the future where she was like, but at this point, I really want us to chat again. And so it felt really genuine and sincere. But she was absolutely still saying no with a lot of clarity. I was left in no doubt. You know, she wasn't trying to kind of be woolly. But it was clear that she was sort of going, but I can see a point in the future where we might want to talk about this again. And I didn't feel like she was doing it as like a cop-out. She was very much just doing it as... At this moment, I just know that I'm then going to have a bit more time again, either because she's got too many projects right now or she's travelling. So I think that's also interesting to think about as we go through everything today. When is it okay to say not right now? Mm. And I think
2: there as well, it worked because it wasn't a fob off because she gave you an indication Mm. about when was the right time to come back, which I definitely think is something that we'll come back to when we go through our tips, that idea of the difference maybe between a waffly, oh, maybe, and a very distinct... And not right now, but this is when it would be better. I think that's really nice. Yeah, There's a famous quote as well by um, Warren Buffett that I think indicates why this is also quite important in squiggly careers. So he said, the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything.
0: <laughs> Which I think is quite interesting. I know. <laughs> I, I read I... that though and I was... <laughs> And I was thinking, that's so not me.
2: Me either. Me either. I know. I thought that. I think I say yes to far more than I say no to. I don't know know whether it's right. I definitely say no to an increasing number of things, and I think I say no better than I used to, but I still say yes a lot.
0: Though I was then thinking, this was me justifying it to myself straight away, was, (laughs) okay, but I'm not motivated to be Warren Buffett, so maybe just being successful versus being Warren Buffett successful (laughs) is okay. And actually, I love loads of things that we and and I say yes to. So I had already post rationalised why it was okay to not be saying no to almost everything. (laughs) I wonder though, if it's like the,
2: the why and what you say yes to, because I was looking into the psychology of why it's hard for people to say no and it's basically the gist of it was that actually, if you look at the psychology, we are all social beings and we're all driven to preserve our relationships because we have this innate need for a sense of belonging. And therefore saying no to somebody can be perceived by you as a threat to that relationship. So Sarah's asking me something and I'm like, oh, I, you know, Sarah's part of my identity and my sense of belonging. And if I say no to her, it might threaten that. Then it's more likely that I'll say yes. But I think the difference is That is almost like a weak reason to say yes, rather than a strong reason to say yes, which might be a, okay, I know I've got quite a lot on, but I really want to do this and I'm going to find a way to make this happen. That feels like quite a strong yes versus, oh, I don't want Sarah not to like me or to be disappointed in me or to miss out on something that I don't even know if it's going to be good or not. So then it's almost like the difference between a strong yes and a weak yes. Does that make any difference
0: to you? Do you know what I was thinking as you were talking? I think you're quite good at saying no to me. I think you've (laughs) had to learn to, to say no to me because I'm somebody who is quite driven by ideas, shall we say, and come up with lots of different things that we could do. I think our business is quite reliant on you being able to say yes to the right things but also say no to me. And actually, if I think about the way that you do that now versus, say, a couple of years ago when amazing if it was much more of a side project versus a business as it is today i think your sophistication and ability to do that has definitely developed i never oh, thought about nasty, that until we started but... chatting <laughs> and i was thinking she definitely says no to me. So <laughs> <laughs> trying to not be begrudging, obviously, but you know,
2: I think you and my husband, I might be nailing the nose with. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because oh, they're
0: the two, two two most important couples that you're part of.
2: It's very, very true. The most pivotal adult relationships of my life. <laughs> Stories then. So maybe let's share a few examples, uh, just to kind of put some context around when we said yes to stuff and what it's been and also when we've said no and maybe I could think about something that I've said no to you or Sarah but have you got any examples to go <laughs> first with the yeses and the noes?
0: Yeah so I was thinking trying to think of some quite pivotal ones that I'm particularly proud of where I feel like they were they were really good tipping points maybe in my career. I once very distinctively said no to a job that was being offered to me where it was very clear that from a progression point of view the right thing to do was to say yes. People who had gone before me had definitely said yes to doing this role. And, you know, I was told pretty outright if you want to be promoted, so in a more kind of hierarchical way, if you want to move upwards and if you want to be very senior, this is absolutely a role we think you should do. I didn't want to do this job. I think by that point, I was clear that the jobs I enjoyed the most were the ones where I was using my strengths. I really felt like this was going to be quite disconnected from that And I felt there was other opportunities for me to learn and grow elsewhere. I don't think the job would have been a disaster at all, because I think I do believe that you can say yes to lots of things and kind of make them work. And people have given me that advice in the past, and I, I actually do really agree with that, in that there's never one perfect choice when you're thinking about different jobs. But it felt very hard to say no to that, I think because of the company expectation, the expectation of me as an individual in terms of somebody who was driven and ambitious... I felt like there was a lot to lose in saying no because I was really driven and ambitious and I did want to progress and all of those things, but I think it was probably the first time where I thought, but not at any cost. And so, you know, for me, that felt like a really brave conversation to have. And there was even a potential where if I said no outright to that, there might not be another option. I felt like there were. You know, I did feel like I had other things I could explore and that those were realistic, but they certainly weren't guaranteed. And so there was a small risk, but this did help to make it feel kind of more significant that it would then mean that I didn't even have a job by saying no to this thing. So I think for me, that was probably the first time where I was saying no to something very big and very much based on values and strengths coming together. And I'd probably been doing Amazing If for two or three years by that point. You know, I was starting to kind of live the dream a little bit more. <laughs> and shall I do my yes Go as on. well? Go on,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I suppose it was less me saying yes to something but me wanting to do something and then probably again going against the common perspective of what the right thing to do would be. And that was when I started working four days a week so that I could work on Amazing If one day. Actually, a few people said to me they didn't think this was the right thing to do for actually quite different reasons. And these were all people who were on my side, who I felt were in my career support network, were very much wanting to help me progress. I remember one previous boss saying to me, if you work four days, you'll just be paid less and do exactly the same amount of work. That was quite a good practical bit of advice she was giving me. She just said, keep working five days, just make the amazing if thing work, you know, work around, uh, work in evenings, do weekends, that kind of stuff. Don't jeopardise 20% of your salary. So she was looking at very much on kind of financial practical terms based on what she'd seen happen in other organisations. And somebody else said to me, you know, if you want to keep progressing, if you're really committed to your job, and I was, I was always very committed to the jobs that I was doing. Actually doing Amazing If never changed that. If anything, I think I was probably the most motivated when I was combining always combining Amazing If with other things. Yeah. Um, in terms of those jobs. And you could see there was a bit of a perspective of oh, but if you want to be promoted, if you want to be seen as part of, you know, all of the top talent pools in all of these organizations, it is A very uncommon thing to do to be working four days a week to be honest it wasn't the working four days a week it was working four days a week to work on your own business Mm. and actually the only people I knew who worked four days a week kind of the reason was always because of kids which felt like probably a more meaningful reason (laughs) for a lot of people I hadn't got any kids at that time and so again that was one of the things that I kind of said I think I was pushed quite hard on did I definitely want to do that thing it was definitely something i had been proposing and there wasn't loads of support behind me. There wasn't lots of people saying, I can really see why you'd do this. And actually, even at the time, if I think about it, you would have been working in, well, you'd have been in Virgin or Microsoft at this time, I can't remember. I think maybe um, Virgin. But there was no, yeah, I think probably still Virgin. But there was no sense of us doing this together. Mm. It wasn't that you were going to be doing it at the same time. So I felt like, oh, you know, oh, we're both doing this. I think you were kind of like, oh, well, you do what you want to do. But it wasn't like you were saying, oh, I think that's a... Really important or pivotal Mm. thing to do for Amazing If, either. I think it was actually a really personally driven decision where I felt like it was the right thing for me in terms of how I wanted to spend my time Mm. and that I was happy with the trade off in terms of the amount of money I would have versus the time I would have to then explore things that were personally important to me. That saying yes felt like I was kind of really going out on a limb, and I don't think I could have done that earlier in my career. I think I needed. The self-awareness that I'd got by that point to be confident enough to take the action So
2: really interesting conclusion isn't it I wonder if I go through my examples whether there's a an irritating thing about how long you need to be in your career to give yourself the confidence to say it because I was thinking about my mm. my examples I've got a when I said yes but wish I'd said no reflection I've got <laughs> a when I said yes But other people thought I should have said no, for example. And I've got uh, when I said no and other people wanted me to say yes. Bear with, I'll explain. The first one, you know, I wasn't going to share it, but when you were talking, I thought, I don't think we had an example of basically when we said yes to something and on reflection, you know, we should have said no. I don't want to mention the company too much because it's not a stellar example for them, to be honest, of like good culture. But I was working for a particular organisation and doing a lot of travel and I was on holiday with my family in Australia. It was over Christmas. And the plan was for me to come back to the UK after my holiday with my family in Australia over Christmas, and then obviously come back to work. And I remember when I was there, I ended up having to work an awful lot over that Christmas holiday. Lots of emails. Like I, I really remember almost on, on Christmas Day, I think it was in Australia, having my laptop open and my family being like, everything all right? And I'd be like, yep, yeah, just got to do something. And I was a bit embarrassed, but I had to do it. And um, there was a requirement that was made of me to fly from Australia to China to do some work and cut short my holiday and go to China uh, which would have meant my husband had to bring my lovely nanny who was about 86 at that time home to the UK on his own as a result of that and you know I really wanted to say no because I didn't think it was reasonable and I was quite stressed and it was my holiday and it was my family and all this all the obvious reasons why you would want to say no to that and I didn't and I didn't say no because there was a sort of a veiled threat on me if I didn't go it would not be very good for my job and so there was definitely it's probably not the normal situation that you have but I wish I'd said no I kind of don't really I understand why I felt like I had to say yes because there was a lot of pressure and not always a nice kind on me making that particular decision but in hindsight I wish I'd had the confidence to say no, I don't think this is reasonable. I don't think it's acceptable. We'll review it when I come back. I think maybe now, what am I now? I'm probably like eight years on from that, I'd say. Now, I feel like I definitely would. <laughs> I think I'd definitely say, <laughs> not acceptable. No, we'll discuss this when I come back and you know <laughs> we'll discuss the implications of this conversation in the first place. I think I'd do that now. But at the time, I didn't have the confidence in maybe my career... Being resilient enough for the implications of saying no—I think that's part of it. So that's my bad yeah. situation of when, on reflection, I wish I'd said no to something. I don't really feel proud of me saying yes at the time, though I understand it a little bit. Okay. When I've said yes and other people have sort of pushed me towards a no, I do you know I had this a little bit with Amazing If when we were starting and when it was growing. I remember even my husband saying to me, "Oh, are you sure? Like you've got this quite busy corporate career." you sure you want to do a side project on top? Maybe that's an option too much. Or I remember them being like a, oh, you know, the assumption that when you have a child, you're going to need to say no to something. Like, I feel like I've had that thrown at me quite a lot from a few different places. Like, if you start something else, you know, you need to say no to something you're already doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've always been like, well, I'm not really that happy that somebody else should define my limits. I'm not going to say no to something just because somebody else thinks I should. Like only I have an awareness of my limits and I'm best informed to say yes or no. So Amazing If in particular, I definitely had a few comments, like family comments in particular about "I'm not sure you should do this on top of the other things that you're doing. But I said yes because I love doing it. It actually gave me energy. Like people didn't really seem to understand this, but... Rather than it being another plate to spin, it was often the thing that gave me the energy to keep everything else yeah. spinning as well so i for me, it was always made loads of sense where I would say yes to something that was like a battery. <laughs> it was like it was like my 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 battery for everything else, but so that's my kind of example probably of the When I said yes, that other people would say no and that other people thought I should say no to. And it was definitely challenging. I feel like I had repeated conversations about I want to keep doing this and you might not understand it, but I'm going to do it anyway type comments. (laughs) And then the saying no. So when I've said no to things that other people have wanted me to say yes to. So there've been a few situations when I've left organisations and they've wanted me to stay and I've like handed in my notice and they've said, okay, well, we want you to stay. Could we offer you a different role or some more money, all the things that are sort of put on the table for you to stay with an organisation? So they basically wanted me to say yes. There's definitely been a couple of situations in my career when I've said, no, I've made this decision. And I'm confident in my decision. I, I appreciate you trying to convince me otherwise, but this is a a no to you because I'm saying yes to something else type of thing. And then I think more recently, I feel like I'm saying no more often because unfortunately, I mean, it's a lovely thing to happen, but lots of people are contacting us about different opportunities for amazing if and I feel like I'm having uncomfortably actually having to say no to a few things either because multiple things are in the evening and I have a commitment to see my children like at least three nights in the week I won't see them fewer than that if I can and I feel like there are, there's so much coming our way that we're having to say no more confidently and assertively than I might have said before but it's definitely a challenge that I'm facing right now is where we are
0: yeah and I think one of the things as we're going through the hints and tips we should think about is I think back to your first example is I think a lot of the time where people and certainly for me the times when it's hardest to say no is when you are feeling pressure in terms of workload and maybe from your manager you know, you've got one more thing on the list, one more thing on the list. And I think that's always the hardest thing to say no to, you know, where you're getting multiple requests to do things, perhaps not even always from your manager, just from other parts of the organisation. And at what point do you actually say no? And how do you like go about doing that, I think is um, an important thing that we'll cover as part of our kind of hints and tips next. And we tried to
2: categorise, we were thinking about all this stuff that's going on, you know, we talked about the squiggly career, all these choices, all these opportunities. Is there an easy way to categorise what you should say no to and what you should say yes to? And we may not have got this exactly right, but we tried to think, okay, at a high level, we thought that The things that you should say no to or that you should definitely consider before you say yes to it strongly are if you've already feel like you've got too much work on. So if you're already struggling, that is a trigger point for you considering saying no. The second thing is if something feels like the wrong opportunity to you. So maybe someone else is selling it as great opportunity for you, Sarah, or brilliant chance for you, Helen, to do something. And you're like, no, this doesn't feel like the right thing for me to do right now. That's another sort of flag that this might be the time for you to activate the no. And then the other thing we thought about is maybe not always work related, but socially. So if this is sort of going into your evening time, whether it's friends or it might be work commitments that are becoming like evening commitments, when you're saying yes to that stuff so much that all these social commitments start to affect your self-care, say your chance to refuel or reset or just sleep maybe, that's also the point at which we think you should say no. So when when
0: social commitments start to trump the amount of self-care that you might invest in. And I think if anything, those no's can feel harder because mm. you don't want to let down your friends, you don't want to let down your family, probably even more so than the people that you work with or perhaps you're simultaneously trying not to let down any of those three groups of people who you have relationships with. You've simultaneously at any one time you've got, you know, your work colleagues, your friends and your family, all of whom you probably want to say yes to as much as you can but the reality being that you can't say yes to everything all of the time, that can feel really hard because, you you know, most people, particularly I think people who find this difficult is because you've got really good empathy. You don't want to let people down. You know, you recognize how you can help people. But I think there's probably a bit of a you have to reframe in your own mind what saying no means. And I think sometimes people feel like saying no means I'm not helpful. It means I'm being awkward it means that those people are not going to like me anymore. I think if you feel like this is definitely me and this is me a lot and something I really struggle with, think about at the moment if I was to ask you what does saying no mean to you in terms of what are you worried about that people will think, feel and say about you and then just start to test your assumptions about whether those things are true because actually if I think about my friends, family and people I've worked with who say no and say no in a you know, in a useful way, in a constructive way, in a relevant way, you never think less of those people. People who are good people don't think less of those people. What they probably think is, oh, she had to say no to that because they're busy or they've got something else at the moment or, OK, well, I get that somebody can't come out tonight because they they've been super busy at work and they need a bit of time to just rest and relax. And so I think you often think people will think the worst of you, but actually all the people who you really want to spend time with will always think the best.
2: And I guess that leads on to the things to say yes to. We've actually only got one one thing for this. But we we think that the things that you should say yes to are the things that give you the opportunity to learn and grow. And we've specifically called that out because that stuff sometimes might feel hard and it might feel hard because... You don't know the answers to those things yet or you're going to have to make time for it or this is in addition to the day job or it poses certain risk. Maybe you might fail. But if it gives you the opportunity to learn to grow and to develop, then that's the sort of things that we should always be trying to find a way to say yes to in our in our squiggly career. And there's a quote I found Sarah, Richard Branson rather than Warren Buffett. I'm sorry, I've not got any female quotes, top of mind, we'll have to write some. But um, he said about saying yes, that if someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you're not sure that you can do it, say yes and then learn how to do it later. So big proponent of the saying yes, I think.
1: For full, important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially, no more what ifs. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
0: So, should we go through our um, we've got a few kind of top tips? And our first tip, number one, is to avoid the unclear no. I'm not as good at this, actually, as Helen. I do find saying no to people that I know, I find those people much harder to say no to than people who I don't have an existing relationship with. And I definitely get into the territory of overly long emails, woolly emails, not doing what I referred to at the start of the conversation in terms of if I'm saying not now, giving people a very definitive time in the future. And I think it's because I have this mental reframing that I need to do in that I historically have always tried to say yes and support people in their careers, having, you know, whether that's informal coffees or coaching conversations, those kind of things. And to be very specific, I don't have the same capacity to do those as I used to be able to. And so for the first time ever, I'm having to figure out how to say no to those people. And I find it really hard and I think that's because of the assumptions I'm making around what those people will think about me I'm going to include the kind of second tip here just to again make them as actionable as possible the way that I'm starting to do it and perhaps I'll ask Helen in a minute how she does it in an even better way than I do at the moment is I do say no but I feel so much better if I can then Suggest other ways for that person to maybe get to the answer or the solution they're looking for. You know, often you get encouraged to say yes and as a positive statement. I think this is one of the few times where it's okay to say no, but. So that's kind of tip number two is to say no, but here's three other ideas for how you might be able to find out that information. So, for example, we get asked a lot about um, how to make a podcast. We couldn't meet up with every single person who asks us how to make a podcast. But when people do say that, I do have two or three resources in mind that straight away I can say, "Okay, well, I can't talk you through face to face how to do this, but this is the brilliant article. Someone's done this really good video on it. And actually, if you listen to this podcast about podcasts, that's a really good place to start. So I find it saying no easier when I can then do the no, but particularly when I know the person, which is when I find it particularly hard Helen, any tips on an unclear no and how to do the no but? Part of this, I think, is differentiating between the, like, an emotional no
2: versus, like, a practical one. Mm. So what I mean by that is it's, a, it's somebody that I don't know very well who gets in touch with me because they want some help with a podcast. For me, that is a practical no. I've not got loads of time My mission is to make work better for everyone. This might not directly align with it. Obviously, I want to help you, but I can't commit the time. And so in that one, for me, that's quite a practical one. There's not much emotion because Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know the person. So that's where I default to your point around, okay, I'm going to do the no but, like... Thanks very much for getting in touch with me. Really appreciate it. Unfortunately, I can't support it. And I was just say, one very quick due to my time commits at the moment. But here are two or three resources that will help you go forward. And I don't feel remotely guilty about that. I've added the value. What is helpful with a practical no, I think, is to start to clue into, in order to make it easy for you to go and give them some resources, the sort of the no but go here type thing, is see... If you've got lots of requests for the same thing, so someone's coming to you for advice on scaling businesses or brand marketing or running a side project or whatever it is, if you've got two or three people who are coming to you for a similar thing that you're not sure you can dedicate the time to, or it's not aligned with your priorities, whatever they may be, that's the point at which you kind of go, oh, I've got quite a few people asking me about how to do a side project I don't know these people. I haven't got the time at the moment. So I would just have your backup list of two or three things. So yeah. I know the articles. Like, there's a great article on LinkedIn about how to run a podcast that's better than anything I've ever written <laughs> that I will always send people to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's
0: probably my first one for the practical. Do you know who did that brilliantly? There's a lady called Amanda McKenzie, who we both know, and she is, I think she's chief executive, is her role for business in the community. And she found that when she was doing mentoring sessions, she was getting asked a lot of the same questions. And so she did this absolutely brilliant, very simple and straightforward 10-point summary with her, like, best pieces of career advice. Have you seen that?
2: Yes, I have seen it. It's really good. Have you?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so she just wrote that. And I don't know why particularly. She probably just obviously went, Do you know what, this is a really efficient way to try and give people lots of the same advice. And she sent that round. And I remember thinking, that's so... Useful. It really felt like it came from her. It felt like she put time into it, but it was really simple. I suspect then that's something that she could send to people before some of the mentoring that maybe she does do to kind of go, well, here are like my general words of wisdom. So I don't need to kind of repeat those, and she doesn't even need to say those in person. And then what it allows any mentoring that she does do to be is much more kind of personalised. I might ask her actually if we would be able to read those ten things one one week on the podcast because they're really good. So I'll, wow. I'll keep that as a little side note. And not to do like a a little subtle book plug, but one of
2: those 10 things is one of the um, the quotes that she reframed for our, in the back of the book, say the book comes out, squiggly career on the 9th of January, you're going to be hearing much more about that. But in the back of the book, we've got a hundred pieces of career advice and Amanda kindly gave us one of her 10 bits of wisdom as a, a piece of career advice for the book. So it is in there, but yes, maybe we should also do her the full 10, the full read of the full 10. So yeah, the the other thing I said, when it's practical, that's how I treat it. If it's emotional, I think that, that becomes a bit harder. So that's like somebody that you know who is reaching out to you for support. The first thing I always think about is, can I do something really quickly? Because can I do a small amount of support really quickly before I kind of might do the no? So that might be somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn, for example, last week and wanted to meet up with me, and I, I couldn't do that, but I gave them some very quick advice over messaging on LinkedIn, and I, I sort of I apologized, but tried to give them a little bit of value. But the thing for me, that's always going to be hard, you know. Like I, the hardest bit about that is you might feel quite a lot of guilt in that if it's somebody that you like Mm. and you want to help but for whatever reason you just can't that feels quite hard and that's where I think my tip around if you're going to say no to something you've got to understand what you're saying yes to and why and I think this really helps where there's some emotion linked to the no So, you know, Sarah and I, Mission of Amazing If, make work better for everyone. And I am trying to align all the things I do, the organisations we spend time with, the work I do with like a charity that I work with, everything, the evening things that I commit to, I try and keep everything to, is this in support of making work better for everyone? And that means that sometimes I might get asked to do things, you know, like marketing stuff, You you know, you've got 15 years spent in marketing. I might be asked to do marketing stuff, which... I probably could do but isn't in support of that mission and that I now need to say no to and therefore even though I might feel a bit guilty because it's someone I really like and would like to help even though I might feel a bit guilty saying no in the moment I might feel guilty but I understand why I'm saying no because I actually have a real clarity on what I'm saying yes to so I don't know if that helps you Sarah but I find it I'm using that as my filter for what I say yes and what I say no to makes it a bit easier to say no to people when it doesn't align
0: I think that would help me to say no to something that I didn't think was the right thing to do just having that purpose and clarity in mind in terms of you know what sits behind the things I decide to say yes to the one thing running through my head as you were talking is I think you're probably just generally more efficient and more effective in life than I am and I think sometimes I do say yes to things out of pure curiosity and I think that is a good thing I definitely say yes to some things that I couldn't connect as clearly as I think you always can to our purpose and I'm doing it because I just think this is interesting there's just something interesting and intriguing about this and for me I know that that's also good for me it's good in terms of sparking ideas And that's one of the ways that I add value in terms of any role that I do, you know, it's important to me kind of in terms of my values, like ideas is one of my values, as well as I think probably creating and developing ideas is one of my strengths. So I don't think what we're suggesting either is that you only say yes to things in a way that makes you so efficient and kind of effective just in your day job. I think you have to figure out in the round of all the things that you do in a week and all the things you're spending your time doing on. Are you saying yes to the right things? Are you saying no to the right things? And that shouldn't mean, you know, always saying no to your friends and always saying yes to work stuff and working all the time. And equally, it doesn't mean saying no to everything at work because there are times where you definitely have to make the judgment call where you think, do you know what, I actually do need to help people out on this project because it's really important. And that might mean I don't get to see my friends as much for a couple of weeks. So I think this is a ongoing calibration that I think you probably have to do in reality because... There's never hard and fast rules, unfortunately, of like what to say yes and what to say no to. And I think particularly in a work context of where you're trying to prioritise and you've got 10 things on your to-do list, it's a judgment call. And I think that would be probably my next tip, which is when you're particularly at work and you you feel like you've got to the point, and we talked about it earlier on around what to say no to, of where you're going, that's it, I have run out of capacity. This is too much not feeling like you have to do that no by yourself. I think the people you work with, and particularly the person you work for, your manager, has a really important role to play in terms of helping you with that judgment of what to say yes and no to, and actually sometimes helping you say no. So sometimes if, especially if someone is really senior and they've asked you to do something and you think, All right, that's it, there's no way I can do that on top of everything else I've got to do today or this week, And sometimes I think you feel like you have to say yes by seniority, which is not the same as where you'll add the most value or what's most important. And that's where I think if you can be very honest and transparent and involve the right people, and so you're not just going no, and you're not being difficult. But what you're saying is, over the next two weeks, it feels like we now have an awful lot to get through. And I'm just going to share with you really transparently everything, what that kind of looks like. And you might have a go at going, I think these feel like the three most important and urgent things. Is that what you think? Either manager or whoever you're involving in those conversations. I think that's a really smart thing to do because sometimes I think we don't appreciate that no one sees all the full scope of our job as well as we do. And most jobs now, you know, we talk about squiggly careers, having lots of variety in projects. It's very rare that jobs are so siloed and so focused that you're just doing one project all of the time and even if you are that project has four million work streams or whatever and so I think remembering that you might feel really overwhelmed but other people might just not know that and not because they don't care but just because they just don't have the visibility so I think one of the ways to say no actually is to help people with the visibility of what you are spending your time on at work and ask for help in making that decision on what to say no, what to kind of say yes to. Because now I think, certainly in most organisations, people don't want people working a ridiculous amount of hours. I really hope that people are starting to get their heads around, actually, that's not good for anyone, you're not going to get the best from the individual, that individual's not going to be looking after themselves. You know, if you start with the positive intent, most people come wanting to do a really great job. And, wanting everybody to enjoy themselves at work, then actually if you're just saying yes to everything and then two months later you're going to be burnt out, going to have to have time off work or just then really not going to be at your best, nobody wants that. So I think for me that's another kind of top tip is just not to always feel like you have to say no by yourself and to involve other people in saying no if it feels particularly hard um, in your organisation.
2: Do you think as well, like listening you talk? I I think this is probably one of the areas that we really differ. We should probably have said that up front, but it's only become clear to me as we've kind of talked about it. In the, um, I think I must find it easier to say no. <laughs> just in just listening to you kind of talk about it and maybe being, I don't know whether it's more empathetic or more caring, but I I definitely think I find it easier <laughs> to say no. I don't know what it is, but and, and I don't have some of the. Feel like I can probably say a cleaner no. I don't know what that is. It's interesting yeah. just talking about it. And that probably goes on. Maybe to that. on
0: our uh, what's your Myers Briggs profile? Are you an F E or I'm a no? an e-, e N T J? Uh, ah, <laughs> they because well that tells you everything. If you've not done the Myers Briggs, it's a personality profiling is the best way to describe it we'll include in this podcast links there is a free one that you can do called 16 personalities and essentially if anyone's listening to this guy hate that thing where people go oh yeah that thing that everyone knows and you're like yeah. well I've never heard of it <laughs> um you, you fill in the profile and it gives you four letters and so what Helen just said was her four letters which is ENTJ and I am um, an INFJ and the difference between a T and a P, which <laughs> is the third one down in this scale, is essentially how much you're on the kind of feeling side of the scale versus what does the T stand for, Helen? I think it's task. That makes sense. And so actually, probably what you're hearing in the two of us, which we've clearly, probably by the way we're talking about it, never talked about or reflected on actually before chatting today, is going that part of our natural personalities probably means that Helen can say yes as long as there is a reason why she's very clear and then actually she just needs to be disciplined in how she's doing it. Whereas actually for somebody who is more of a feeler, more of a reflector, which I definitely am, (laughs) I probably do have to work harder on it. And actually, for me, particularly in a work context, when we were actually preparing for this, I was having a think earlier today, I couldn't think of many examples of things I'd said no to. And now I'm like, oh, that's probably because I actually don't do it that often. And I I don't think that I do, particularly not at work. I think I'm actually a bit better in terms of self-care for whatever reason. We won't try and analyse exactly why, but particularly at work, I don't think there are many. (laughs) so there maybe
2: that we've got to this at the end of the podcast maybe this is a good way of you starting is to have a look at your Myers-Briggs profile yeah. and work out whether that might influence the okay I'm going to go down the clean no what am I saying yes to therefore I need to say no to these things Helen route or maybe the Sarah route which is more about okay I'm going to involve other people in my prioritization and I'm going to make sure I've got lots of yes buts for them so you know maybe also well, use I think that I might do is just get you to approach. do it for
0: me <laughs>
2: it's true. That might you know, my very last tip, people, and I'm wondering whether this is a Helen tip now or a Sarah tip. But the um, my last thing is. Don't give really long-winded explanations for your no's. So I think saying no but it's fine. Like, I'm afraid I can't do this now for whatever reason and here are th- a couple of things that might help you. But the, I can't do it at the moment because I've got an awful lot on and I'm really sorry I can't do it and I would love to help but it's just not possible and I really hope, blah, blah, blah. I think those long-winded explanations, I think your no can sometimes get a bit confused and a bit lost in that. And whenever possible, we want to avoid the unclear no. Like, if it's a no, like, try and own that and also don't confuse the other person obviously I think you can still do it in a really nice and clear way but the waffly thing I think just is much more about you and how you feel about it and isn't necessarily going to help that person to understand or or appreciate it very much so I would say avoid long-winded explanations of your no just be
0: clear and concise and if you want to do the no but go do that too. Do you know what? As I well, was just thinking about that, I had two people say no to me on various things that we'd asked for help on in relation to our book. Two people that we were either asking to like review it or or read it. They both said no in a very short way, you know, a couple of sentences. But the way that those two no's made me feel were dramatically different. So one person just sort of went, no, this is not possible. And I found that quite hard to take. It was just essentially a no with not really any explanation. And the other person had just injected that little bit of warmth and tried to do a bit of explanation, but still only in two sentences where it was like, no, I'm really drowning in these things, but I wish you all the best and I really hope the book's fab or something. So just that I felt they'd actually read my email properly and were still saying no in a way that where it came from them. And for me, I just went, I was actually just really glad they replied with that one. Whereas the other one, I think I was left feeling a bit like, okay, well, it is okay to say no. But I didn't feel good as a result of that. So let's just do a
2: bit of a recap then. We've got the avoid the unclear no's and also try the no but approach where you might find someone a bit of a better match or an alternative route for them to proceed on. If you're going to say no to something, it's a lot easier if you understand what you're saying yes to and therefore why you need to say no, though you don't have to articulate that to someone in a long winded explanation. Also, the last thing is about maybe look for somebody else to help you to prioritise. So involve them in the, if I say yes to this and I've got to say no to something else, let's agree what that is. That might be a more collaborative way of saying no to something particularly relevant if maybe your manager's asking you to do some stuff as well.
0: So thanks so much for listening. Um, As always, you'll find the resources for the podcast on the website, which is www.amazingif.com. You can follow us on Instagram at amazingif, where Helen does her incredible daily career tips. And we showcase a bit of our squiggly careers the ups and the downs and everything in between and if you do have a moment to rate review subscribe to the podcast it's so helpful for us in terms of being able to share it with other people helps us get found and discovered by people who perhaps aren't already in the world of squiggly careers and also we love it personally we read every single one (laughs) and it brings us lots of joy and happiness within a week and next week we're going to put it out to instagram and to our listeners in terms of the next topic so if there's something that we haven't talked about that's particularly top of mind for you please do get in touch you can just email us if it's easier and quicker for you just get in touch at amazingif.com or just message us on instagram and let us know uh, what topics would be helpful for us to talk about we've got a few more together before we're back into a guest podcast so we'd love some extra ideas and inspiration But that's everything for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye, everyone.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.